Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's so important to make sleep sleeping. Someone happy, make just one heart the heart you see. Smile that cheers you, one face that lights when it nears you, one girl, you're everything. Good morning. Happy Sunday morning to you, Dr. Clinton Owl here with the Attitude of Gratitude. As always, brought to you by Production Heating and Cooling. With their famous 502 area code number 589-5880. Of course, if you prefer virtual business, well, you can go to productionair.com. But you know, anyone can come up with a sharp website either creating it themselves or hiring it out. Production Heating and Cooling has a sharp website, but they have something that other businesses, virtual or brick and mortar, may not have. They have a history, a long history. In fact, they will have been around going on close to 75 years, three quarters of a century. Three quarters of a century of being a Kentuckiana institution, which means they've always been there to back up their work and they always will be there. And that isn't possible for a company that doesn't stay on top of things and make sure that their prices, whether for their services or products, are more than competitive. That's right, production heating and cooling can take care of any size project commercial or residential but if you own a home with a central heating and cooling system I don't know about you but I want someone that I can talk to personally and then trust when they come into my home and production heating and cooling takes care of all of those little niceties like putting the little booties on their feet so they won't track stuff into your home courtesies that may not be all that common today. And for those of you who haven't been around for 75 years, maybe you've never experienced a small mom-and-pop business-type attitude. An attitude of people you can trust. People that have everything invested in doing the best job possible and always following up. Making good on everything they do. This is your opportunity to experience that firsthand when you call Production Heating and Cooling at area code 502-589-5880. Now, it's difficult for me to think about what I just shared with you as being a commercial 
for production, heating, and cooling. I just love those folks so much. But for those of you who just love commercials, you just live for the next commercial break. Well, a little over halfway through this program, this 30-minute program, there'll be another commercial break. But then on the other side of that will be today's unique special message for this Sunday morning. But right now, we're going to go through some preliminaries, things that must be pointed out, repeated Sunday after Sunday, as long as we are in the midst of this series on prayer, so that we will all be on the same page, and also so that we can be reminded of the many things for which we should be and truly are grateful. As the basis of our ongoing study of prayer, we basically consulted three different sources, but all coming from the Bible, God's Word. The first is, of course, our signature passage, the one that undergirds the Attitude of Gratitude ministry. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. Verse 17, right in the middle of that passage, is probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. In the King James Version, it is simply, pray without ceasing. In more modern versions, it says, pray continually. Usually when I hear that verse as the source of a sermon, unfortunately, whoever happens to be preaching that sermon minimizes what that verse is saying. And that verse need not be minimized. Now, it's true. It, it doesn't make any sense at all to think that we just put everything on hold and we close our eyes and we just keep praying constantly. That's, of course, not what that verse is all about. But those of you who practice the Thanksgiving exercise, those of you we refer to as Thanksgiving exercise practitioners, or TEPs, you know that it's possible to give thanks all through the day, every single day. Especially if you focus on the simple message and method upon which we rely here on the Attitude of Gratitude. So that's, uh, that's the prayer that we can, should, and must pray continually. But then there is that closet prayer when we are in our secret place, when we go away to be alone with God, and it's only a temporary cloister, because prayer is designed to be done also on the fly, if you will, to use the vernacular. And it's certainly designed to empower us to live life to the fullest, to be out there, and to be doing God's will in a conscious way. And for our model in developing our own personal prayer, we look to the Lord's Prayer, which is for that very reason also referred to as the model prayer. And we have covered in depth the various steps revealed in the Lord's Prayer, found in the Sermon on the Mount, right in the middle of those three chapters that make up the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Our third source of study, where, as uh, they say, the rubber meets the road, happens to be the Beatitudes. And if you've been following along, perhaps you've been amazed 
that for the first time in your life, you're actually receiving a concrete explanation and a practical life application, no less, explanation of what the Beatitudes are really all about. The Beatitudes are referred to in uh, sympathy cards. The Beatitudes are sometimes printed on everything from commemorative plates or plaques. Uh, One time, uh, a youth group in my church, uh, showing their appreciation for me, provided me with a desk plaque, knowing how much I love the Beatitudes, that contained the eight Beatitudes found in Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses three and following. Well, for most of you, until you started following our current study on the Beatitudes, these were simply kind of poetic principles, I guess you could say, to meditate upon, and certainly they can inspire just doing that. But as you have already discovered, if you've been following our study, these Beatitudes provide you with a blueprint of how you can apply your prayers, your direct communication with God to the very behaviors and actions of your life. Now, if you'd like to follow along on your own device, (laughs) your favorite uh, device of choice, your phone, tablet, or whatever, or if you'd just like to open a real Bible, think about that. (laughs) We're going to read the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 and following. But in between each Beatitude, we're going to insert that Beatitude's corresponding promise. Now, what are the promises? Especially for those of you who are just tuning in. The promises are a one-sentence commentary for each Beatitude described as a behavioral step, much like the 12 steps of recovery, for example. In fact, many people don't know this, but the 12 steps of recovery that we have today for everything from alcoholism to certain uh, mental disorders, those 12 steps of recovery come directly from the Beatitudes. And that's why if you are practicing those principles, you'll recognize and actually have a much better ability to understand and fully appreciate how each one of these promises describe essentially what each beatitude calls for. Immediately following that, we'll go to our second commercial break and our series theme song, I Can Pray. But now, here are the beatitudes with their corresponding promises. The preface of the promises and to the beatitudes themselves reads as follows. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, promises that we will experience divine joy, which is His will for us, to the extent that we take the following steps. Matthew 5, 3 through 10. The first beatitude is, of course, like all of them, the one so familiar. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, our Lord declares. Its corresponding promise, we have joy admitting that we are powerless over sin, believing that only God can rescue and protect us, and humbling ourselves in all matters, 
trusting that because of him, ours is eternal life. In other words, that promise is exactly, precisely in an actual life application, behavioral description, what Jesus revealed in this first beatitude. Beatitude 2. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Its meaning? Promise 2. We have joy courageously evaluating our moral condition, honestly admitting our immorality to God, facing it ourselves, and confessing it to another human being, trusting that we will experience an ongoing sense of well-being. Beatitude 3. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Its promise? We have joy persevering in the present and seeking God's will and His power to accomplish it, trusting Him rather than ourselves for the results. Beatitude 4. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled its meaning? We have joy doing whatever is necessary to make amends in righting any wrong we may have done to others, provided it is in their best interest, with no regard to any wrong they may have done to us, trusting that God will reward us with a deep sense of satisfaction. Beatitude 5. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Its meaning? We have joy demonstrating compassion to all, trusting that even at our best, we too are in need of it, as we trust in God for His mercy. Beatitude 6. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Its meaning? We have joy allowing our wills to be aligned with His to the point that our motives are pure, trusting that we will see God's active participation in our actions. Beatitude 7, and the final step, per se. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Its meaning, we have joy pursuing peace and accepting serenity as the result of these steps, trusting that the Prince of Peace will declare us heirs of the kingdom. Now, there's one more beatitude, and that beatitude is explained in the summary of the promises. First, allow me to read the summary. Our Lord promises that the practice of these principles will ensure our joy in the midst of even the worst possible circumstances. For ours is eternal, abundant life. Matthew 5, 10 through 12. That beatitude states, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, 
Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The reason that beatitude is not a step, per se, that you and I are supposed to put into practice is because we are to never seek persecution. Jesus is simply saying, if we practice these other principles, an amazing transformation will be such that even when, not if, but when we are persecuted because of our faith, because of trying to do right, trying to follow the will of God, we will still have reason to rejoice and be glad, as Jesus puts it. But that life application beatitude will come to fruition on its own. We won't have to attempt to ascend to it. (laughs) And now let's hear that beautiful song, I Can Pray. too young or I'm too old And I can't sing or teach And no title do I hold Lord, what can I do? For I want to do my part And I want to help the hurting With all of my heart
Dr. Glenn Nowell here. For years, you've heard me tout how production heating and cooling can save you money on service, repairs, or new equipment. How their integrity is such that they will never try to sell you something you don't need. How they slip their work shoes into these little footies before they enter your home. And how their personal integrity has fueled this family-owned business for three generations. But here's something you didn't know unless you've heard this particular commercial before. When I call Production Heating and Cooling at 5895880, I call as a customer just like you. Any discount or special attention I get, you get. Think about that the next time you open up your utility bill. Production Heating and Cooling at 5895880. Again, 5895880. Welcome back. Dr. Glenn Nowell still with you. Why do we go through the Beatitudes every Sunday before we actually have our current part of this Bible study lesson? The reason is very simple, and it's really quite remarkable. Most Bible students are very familiar with the Beatitudes, and even a larger portion of the Christian population are familiar with the blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, and so on. They ring a bell. But remarkably, until our current study, unless, of course, you are thoroughly familiar with my first book that was published in the grand scheme of things merely just 20 years ago. Before that, no one seemed to really have a handle on what the Beatitudes were exactly for. Most Christians thought of them as poetry, if you will, some kind of special biblical inspirational poetry where each beatitude really didn't make a lot of sense unless you took into account some sort of poetic license. Well, we've been studying and proving that the beatitudes can be understood. But really, more important than that, the beatitudes can be followed because Jesus is providing us with the specific steps to living the Christian life, the life that is truly an abundant life. But we know as Christians, even if we didn't understand the Beatitudes, we know that the Christian life and the requirements of living it can be quite overwhelming. And the wonderful thing about the Beatitudes is that Jesus provides us with a step-by-step process where we can gradually grow spiritually by putting each one of the Beatitudes into practice, resulting in a closer, more intimate personal relationship with Him. So we're going to now go in this portion of the program to those promises which explain very explicitly what we're being told in each one of the Beatitudes. We're going to go through those as we also have been doing Every Sunday until just recently when we really didn't make enough time during the concluding portion of those programs. But we're going to go ahead and uh, revive that weekly practice and we're going to address the promises now. And then I'll conclude with our program following this presentation of the promises. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ promises that we will experience divine joy, which is his will for us to the extent that we take the following steps. One. We have joy admitting that we are powerless over sin. 
believing that only God can rescue and protect us, and humbling ourselves in all matters, trusting that because of Him, ours is eternal life. Two, we have joy courageously evaluating our moral condition, honestly admitting our immorality to God, facing it ourselves, and confessing it to another human being, trusting that we will experience an ongoing sense of well-being. Three, we have joy persevering in the present and seeking God's will and His power to accomplish it, trusting Him rather than ourselves for the results. Four, we have joy doing whatever is necessary to make amends in righting any wrong we have done to others, provided it is in their best interest with no regard to any wrong they may have done to us, trusting that God will reward us with a deep sense of satisfaction. 5. We have joy demonstrating compassion to all, knowing that even at our best, we too are in need of it, as we trust in God for His mercy. 6. We have joy allowing our wills to be aligned with His to the point that our motives are pure, trusting that we will see God's active participation in our actions. 7. We have joy pursuing peace and accepting serenity as the result of these steps, trusting that the Prince of Peace will declare us heirs of the Kingdom. Our Lord promises that the practice of these principles will ensure our joy in the midst of even the worst possible circumstances. For ours is eternal abundant life. Earlier we read the Beatitudes and just then we read the Promises. But if you decide to live by these principles and put them into practice, believe me, it will not take you long, and I'm talking about maybe just a matter of weeks, before rather than reading both the Beatitudes, and the Promises, you will begin to actually recite them by heart. And it will just come natural. But going through both the Beatitudes and their counterpart, the Promises, which place the Beatitudes in the essence of each one, the behaviors, if you will, that constitute each step, each Beatitude, by reading them or reciting them together, we're afforded a beautifully spiritual panoramic view of the Christian life in its totality. It's our macrocosm view. But in order to apply each one of these principles, we have to step into the microcosm experience. And thus, last week, we just started Step three, the third beatitude, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And we're able to do that third beatitude by following the third promise. Do you consider yourself weak? It depends on how you take that question, of course. If you are a, a spiritual person, if you've had many years of walking with the Lord, and studying God's Word and praying with Him and communicating with Him in prayer. If you're honest, you immediately would say, well, when it comes to sin, yes, I'm weak. 
Some people may say that I have a lot of intestinal fortitude. Some people look at me as someone who's quite disciplined, even spiritually disciplined. But when it comes to temptation, because I'm a human being, sin is powerful. And there is always this temptation to veer out off that straight and narrow path on my own and do my own thing. And before I know it, in my weak human state, especially when I'm relying on my own power rather than the power of God, I find myself being my own God again, calling all the shots. So, from that perspective, yes, we are all weak. But when Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, he's not saying, Blessed are the weak. He's not calling on us to practice weakness. Meekness is something completely different. Meekness is powerful because weakness is truly obedience to God. In fact, that's one of the beautiful, powerful things about the very testimony of the life of Jesus himself. No one was able to perfectly, no one has ever been able to perfectly be so selfless and so open and so thoroughly in sync with the will of God the Father as has been God the Son, whom we know as on earth Jesus of Nazareth, and with whom we fellowship in the person of the Holy Spirit. So God's call, our Lord's call, to meekness is a call to power. But in order to explain that, where in steps one and two, we were able to see some actual practices, some very elementary actions, if you will, that we could take in order to begin to literally do what these steps required. To really appreciate step three, we almost need a parable, if you will, a word picture, an illustration. And so that's what I would like to share with you first and foremost, and then we'll go to some very specific and I would say rather easy to follow, or at least simple to follow, not necessarily easy, but simple to follow exercises where we can put the uh, word picture, the illustration into practice in our own life. Doing just that is where we will pick up next week. Until then, God bless you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. 18- 